After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Today is July 26, and this is Evan's Journal, coming to you live from my office in my house in Honolulu, Hawaii. Looks like this journal is going back to a uh, monthly focus here, as I guess the last one was roughly a month ago. Anyways, last week we just came back from the USS Abraham Lincoln on another trip with the Pacific Century Fellows, and the USS Abraham Lincoln is an aircraft carrier that has roughly 69 aircraft and is about three times the length of a football field. So, if you ever, if you've ever seen on television where the aircraft, you know, the fighter jets take off, that uh, you know, the aircraft carrier, that's that's the thing that we went to go and check out. It's doing a during what's called rim pack, and I guess rim pack is a almost like a war games exercise for various countries where they meet in the Pacific and they do simulations and they work together in, in conjunction to to get better and, and develop their skills. It's actually a really, really interesting process. Um, the way that we were able to do this is through the Pacific Century Fellows Program and I guess somebody uh, must have, must have uh, really pulled some strings or something because I guess it's really, really hard to get on the aircraft carrier, much less get on um, during RIMPAC with all these security and so on. I, The first part of it was, I don't know, questionable for me, only because I got sick. Um, when you initially take off, we fly in a C-2 airplane, which I think, I don't know, holds maybe about 20 people or so. The rows were rows of two. There are two rows of two with an aisleway in the middle. And then the the, the roof area is really kind of short. Um, the back of the plane opens up, and that's where you get in and out. And, you know, there's the pilot area. It's, it's definitely not not um 747-type ride. And then you're riding backwards. So we're wearing a helmet with goggles and earphones and actually we put earplugs in the foam earplugs in our ears and the headphone the earphones on over that because it's so loud in that airplane and then you fly backwards so the initial you know take off and and so on wasn't so bad it, it was a bit tired so a lot of people were you know fell asleep and and so on if you look out the window though it's really weird you start to feel sick because you're flying backwards and everything it it really messes with your mind the landing is the part that's really kind of an issue because the the airplane itself is, you know, a fairly small plane, but the area that you land in is so small. These guys have to be really, really, really on it in terms of um, their flying ability. So... The plane comes in behind the aircraft carrier, and I guess it has to get in position. So it starts moving up and down and left and right, and, and then takes you know larger drops and 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 it comes in about a hundred miles per hour, and then it hits this rope, uh, this metal rope, and 
boom, it stops. So it goes from like 100 miles per hour to zero in I think something like two seconds. Uh, and it, it, I mean, you get jolted. My stomach went into my mouth and I think it stayed there for three hours because once I got off the plane, I was, I was already feeling sick. And uh, one of our Pacific Century fellow classmates, Jeff Davis, he's a lieutenant commander in the Navy, had warned us to make sure that we eat and have a, a full stomach because that will actually help with seasickness. But we had to get to um, the Air Force base, I mean to uh, the Navy Navy base early, so I didn't really eat anything, which I should have. And then when you walk down from from where the the planes land to the areas where they're going to brief you, you walk down these stairs on the side, which are actually great metal grates, so you can see the ocean moving under you. Oh man, I, I was just dying but after about four hours or so we, we ate some lunch and then got a chance to see the planes take off and, and land which is just unbelievable the amount of power those planes have I felt better and and then on the day that we came back um, we flew on the C2 and you go through what's called a catapult launch so you get back in the plane again and everybody gets ready and I, it catapults the plane from I think zero to like a hundred fifty miles or somewhere around there hundred fifty miles per hour or so in something like two and a half or three seconds and it's another jolt and I think it took me about a day or so to really recover from the seasickness um, but pretty much a chance in a lifetime I think it was really unbelievable one one thing that it really makes you impressed with is how dedicated and hardworking the servicemen on board are. They all had very good morale, very respective, uh, you know, they respect each other, they talk nicely to each other. It's very interesting camaraderie. And I think uh, a neat series would be on military leadership or how to apply that within your, your business. Um, if I digress a little bit, the beginning of the month my brother got married and we ended up being able to go on a, a trip to to Kauai after that with my family, spend four days out there, which is really good for me because I like to just work around the clock. It's just kind of, you know, when you get into a project, and a lot of you folks know what I'm talking about, you get into a project and you just want to work on it year, you know, just minute after minute, right? You don't want to stop, you want to get it done. And that's, you know, I'm always checking email, always doing stuff. So that Kauai trip for me was, was good because it got me away from the computer. I guess they didn't really even have internet, so it was it, it was only in a small area, so I didn't really go there. Got a chance to spend a lot more time with the boys, swim and, and things like that. But it, it, what it allowed me to do is to reflect on what's going on and put everything in perspective and then um, think about you know work and business and so on without actually being near my computer which allows you to be um, it gives you a better perspective actually so what I was able to understand is in in terms of my own judgment is I need to focus much more on core th core things and slow down the scope a bit because we were just going too fast I mean we we're just trying to expand too fast too much and it was starting to get really really overwhelming so the main focus now is TV um, the main focus is is getting an anniversary event and then 
um, increasing the uh, amounts of sponsorship and so on so we can grow comfortably. We set up a um, small group meeting I can't remember now if it was last week or the week before. Basically we're trying to figure out a way to engage our listenership and our friends who own businesses and so on with some of our guests that we've had on so that they can actually you know pick the brains of of the leaders that we brought to the show as well as meet each other and hopefully build relationships and you know create stimulus to do various deals and introductions and so on the um small group that we had brought together was roughly nine people ranging from uh, anywhere from energy to banking to real estate to technology all of them early thirties and we brought in John Dean who uh, is the former CEO of Silicon Valley Bank and is now a venture capitalist but stays very active in Silicon Valley and uh, now in China and in Hawaii and John is a really interesting guy. He started off in the Peace Corps and ended up getting into banking and became a turnaround specialist, which I think he turned around. I think it was Oklahoma, Bank of Oklahoma, for like First Nationwide or one of those, where it was the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, I think is what, what he said. And they turned it around and it became the most profitable bank in the state. And then he did the same thing with um, Silicon Valley Bank. And then now he kind of works on his own time. So John shared a lot of really interesting ideas with us. Everything from how to utilize Myers-Briggs to understand yourself and motivate um, the people around you. Um, he also talked quite a bit about you know, um, how his career went and fielded a number of questions. I think the interchange was really, really excellent. Um, and then I also think the interchange between the uh, group was excellent. So we'll be continuing this this um, series. I don't know. It's just kind of a loose thing. We just invite people as we go. If you are interested in something like this or in the larger events that we're looking to put on, then email me uh, via the website. And then we can put your name on. We we're keeping most of these ones, the initial ones, small so that people can meet each other uh, and, and talk and so on. I was able to go to the Sunrise Rotary on Monday, which they call Sunrise for a reason. It's at 7 a.m. and that's actually early for me. Uh, the meeting I thought was interesting. Randy Moore spoke there and he's the former CEO of Kaneohe Ranch now decided to leave that and become a teacher and is working education in the state. He was introduced by Joe Rice who is the president of Mid Pacific Institute who's also been on our show and it's interesting because about maybe five or so six people in Sunrise Rotary have been uh, guests on our show. It's a pretty high powered Rotary group. Um, Joe Rice had introduced Randy Moore and funny thing, funny thing he said some, something funny that, that really clicked with me he was talking about how he, he Googled Randy Moore to find out more information. And uh, Randy Moore came up with like one and a half million results. So he Googled Randy Moore Hawaii and he came up with 10,000 results. And then he said he Googled himself and he had only one result. And then he looked at me and he goes, and that's Greater Good Radio. <laughs> 
And then he said, and for those of you who are laughing, I googled you and, and some of you had zero, so don't laugh, which was, which was funny too. But that's kind of the interesting phenomenon that I've noticed has been happening is we're starting to show up everywhere. Um, the president of the Sunrise Rotary mentioned to me in, when, before the breakfast had started, I asked him, I said, you know, have you heard of our show? He said, yeah, I've listened to it a few times and so on. I go, oh, you listen to sports radio? And he says, no, I don't listen to sports. I only had heard that show. And I said, oh, that's interesting. He goes, yeah, a lot of people have. It's, people are talking about it. So it's always weird to hear about that from, from other people, but I guess that's how it's going. It's pretty pretty amazing. Everything has been going up, everything, listenership, publicity and so on. Um, we had a really nice article by Catherine Nichols over at Star Bulletin on Tuesday, I believe. It was either, no, it was Monday. It came out on Monday, Monday afternoon, Star Bulletin. And they said some really nice things about what we were doing. I just think that it's interesting that uh, the th interesting thing to me about the press and all this kind of stuff now is after uh, how do I explain this? After listening to uh, well, I say listening because I, I rarely read. I, I mostly listen to books. Jim Collins, good to great. He talked about the fly the flywheel, where it's a huge wheel that you're trying to turn and turn, and it takes a lot of effort in the beginning to get it going. But you keep pushing hard, you keep pushing hard, and after a while, it becomes you know pretty easy to keep the momentum going without a lot of effort. And then he talks about the chicken and the egg where he says that um, you know a lot of times people see the chicken come out of the egg and they think wow the chicken just just hatched but they didn't see all the work all the um, growing that was going on inside the egg before the chicken came out and that's a lot of times what happens with with um, press when a lot of times when you start seeing press on people or companies or so on a lot of the work and a lot of the growing was done inside the egg and then the press you're seeing as the chicken is coming out, people think, wow, they're just all of a sudden doing this thing, but there was a lot of hard work that had gone into it um, previously. And it's interesting to kind of go through this again. We, are, we had gone through it before with um, Bubble Tea, but it's interesting to go through it again with this company after reading Good to Great, because I was wondering you know, when it would start and so on. And then lastly, for Journal Today... Um, or actually, not lastly. Let me let me add in one other thing. We are going in to meet with um, TV station to screen the initial pilot, and hopefully it gets picked up. We'll see after today. If not, we just got to keep trying, I guess. Um, let me type this into my show notes pilot. And then last thing on, on the journal that I want to talk about is advice from the wife. A lot of times people, well, first off, and, and this was in, I think, the book Millionaire Next Door where the guy talks about um, the millionaires that they married the right spouse. The right spouse was absolutely important. Um, I think if you add one more thing to that, one, the right spouse, absolutely. And then the second thing is you got to listen to them. And... Uh, I won't be caught letting her hear me say this, but most of the time she's pretty much right. And that comes about with naming our um, businesses. In the beginning, we're, as we're trying to figure out the name for this whole thing and how do we describe it and so on, there was a ton of names on the table and she had drawn out a whole big list. 
and come up with Greater Good this and that and, and then we kind of came up with just Greater Good Radio. So then we named it Greater Good Radio and we started calling it Greater Good Radio as we approached people and so on and we got a lot of mixed feedback from it. I, I was looking through my emails yesterday um, trying to find some info in regards to you know some other things and then I found some comments that people had emailed me saying oh I don't like that Greater Good Radio name you should change it while it's still early and then someone else said I don't like that name either but maybe it's too late for you to change it and and it's funny because now when people talk about this it's like wow that that's a great great name Greater Good Radio it just really matches and, and that's the whole dude does the phone have to ring while I'm doing my, my journal I'm just gonna talk through this so so the um you know, you got all these comments from people saying, "Oh, it sounds too much like it's church," or "It sounds, you know, it doesn't sound right about business and and so on." But now it's funny because everybody's like, "Wow, that's such a great name!" and "Oh, you know, couldn't have picked a better name," and so on. So my advice is that if you're kind of in doubt, one, you have, uh, I guess, if people are really expert in a certain area, maybe take it into account. But people are going to always give advice, so some of it you just got to kind of take with a grain of salt and the second thing is if you married the right spouse listen to them and I will talk to you folks later Aloha